This week on Erotic Awakening, your personal kinky history, rubber roses, and mega poly weekend. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcastnetwork.com. You can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn as well as Kinkstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, our recommendation to you is to stop listening right now. Hi Dan, hi Dawn. This is Sonia. I'm Master Marco's slave and he asked me to clarify on the Dutch question the other day. So, having lived in the Netherlands for quite a while, even though I'm German, I can confirm that indeed the Dutch use hello to greet each other. They also use Goeiemorgen, which stands for good morning, and is one of those words why you want to make sure you have a good bronchitis before you try learning to speak Dutch. And also indeed, dankjewel is a proper form of saying thank you, However, for submissives addressing their doms, I would recommend to use Danke Übel, which is the polite form. If you have any other questions regarding Dutch language, Dutch culture, or Dutch kink, give us a shout. Bye. Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. So that was a report from our foreign language correspondent reporting via or at the bequest of Master Marco, uh, clarifying some language issues that we had. (laughs) Apparently, the people in Utah were scandalously misinforming us. Oh, no. (laughs) So thank you. I believe it's Queen that uh, sent that in via the Master Marcos. Uh, That was very nice of them. That was awesome. I kind of liked it. So, And you could kind of hear like a little bit of traffic behind them or something. So I kind of pictured her standing on the side of the road in Holland, you know. <laughs> so, with, you know, this is our, you know, your foreign correspondent. You can just kind of picture bridges or something behind her. I don't know. It was cute. <laughs> we'll get them to do a man-in-the-street interview next. Just oh, walk up to people and that'd say, awesome. how do you feel about Dawn's uh, pretense for <laughs> tentacles? tentacles? And uh, would you mind dumping this... Put this cup of pudding onto your breast for our American correspondents in, back in America. Uh, so today on the podcast, uh, getting back to the English part of the podcast, uh, we are going to be talking with Rick, who is the executive producer, director, director, director. executive director <laughs> of the LAM, Leather Archives and Museum. We spoke with him once earlier, and uh, today we are going to talk to him about the importance of keeping of your own personal kink history and why you would care about doing that. Uh, but we'll get there eventually, and we'll talk a little bit about the Dane and Dawn history as well, which I happened to cover in a recent MAST meeting that I attended. They said, how did you get started in this whole oh, nice. kink world? I know. So we explained it to um, the people at the West Virginia intensive we were just at as well, So, which was amazing. We explained everything to the people in the West well, Virginia. Well, that's because we taught for six fun. hours. Yes. <laughs> and it was a fantastic time. And, and then, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic time. And then later realized that I really had not covered everything. There was a couple of things that I went, didn't I talk about that? Oh, no, I guess I didn't. <laughs> we need more than six hours to cover 16 years of what we've done. Wow. <laughs> I personally enjoyed writing our um, polycule, which is some kind of a molecule of our poly connections. Oh, the way you drew it up on the board? And it was really funny. When I, when I showed it to Sheba, 
And I show, I told her, yeah. And then we talked about how you know you're connected to me, and she's like, wait a minute, we're not connected. And I said, no, watch, follow this trail. Watch this. Follow. Do, 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 do. He dates her, and he dates her, and she's related to him, and she dates him. And ta-da, back to you. And she goes, oh wow. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And you're right, you. Uh, West Virginia was a fantastic time. Very, uh, a greatly hospitable uh, people out there. Took very good care of us. And mm-hmm. just a great time out there. Yep. Lots of food. Lots of questions. Lots of, just lots of time spent with them. So that was, that was really awesome. I like taking Living MS on the road. Speaking of questions, we do have a question of the day. Uh, you are wondering something about why I am so slow. No, that's not what it was. No, um, we had someone write in because we wrote um, last week about advice for newbies. Mm-hmm. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Advice for newbies. And I said, don't take it too fast because then you play, you know, you know, do everything up front and then there's nothing left to do. But I also warned at the end, I popped on there, and don't take it too slowly. So she was asking, what does it mean to take it too slowly, you know, to try things out too slow? And I had to think about it for a second, what I was trying to trying to convey there. And um, what, I, what popped into my head and, and what I feel is that don't take it too slow means don't let your fears get in your way of trying anything. Right? Okay. So you can take it too fast and just jump in the dive in and try piercing and wire and needles. Or, well, I guess piercing and needles are the same thing. And cuttings and... Porcupine quills. I'm thinking of everything. And you are really stabby today. I know. Isn't that stabby? Okay. And waterboarding, you know, <laughs> all in the same day. And um, and then you don't really experience all the little nuances of everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you just, you're, you're trying too much at one time to, to really know what you really like. But if you, you can take it too slow as well, as in, ooh, I'm not going to try anything today. You know, I'll come back tomorrow and try something. You let the fears get in the way. And... I give that warning as well because if you'd have let me do that when we were at Dark Odyssey, I would never have experienced the objectification room because I, I was like, ooh, I really want to do that, but maybe next year. I think really the, the key to whether to not letting things happen too slowly, like you said, is the recognizing it when fear is getting in your way versus caution which is uh, right. telling you to hey, you know, let's not oh jump it into the deep end before we learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at some of the things that I've passed on doing. As you and I have got to travel around, I've had the opportunity to um, I've get, had the opportunity to get laid a few times mm-hmm. that come to mind. I remember one hot tub opportunity that we passed on. Um, play with a few people that I've passed on and. I believe I had the opportunity to do hook suspension. Oh, I've absolutely had the opportunity to be uh, have a hook suspension do the, or to, the, be, to have it done to me. Right, and have it done as an energy pool like yes. with me and you. Yeah, and a couple. I'm sure there's other things that I can't think about that we've not chose not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the the hook pull is a good. You know, I don't feel like I was moving too slowly. I looked at that and I felt just not ready. Right. Not you're even even not interested is okay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you, I guess that's this balance between moving too fast, moving too slow, but being honest, being true to yourself, and saying, "Is this who I am today? Is this what I want today? Yeah. If I'm, am I avoiding it because I'm afraid and it's something that I've fantasized about? Then you should probably take a hard look at that. If it's something that you're you're not doing and you've never fantasized about, 
then you should probably say, well, I guess that's okay then. It's not, mm-hmm. not a thing for me. That's true. You know, that's a good point that you don't have to do everything like the, the hook pull, the energy pull or something like that. I'm interested in those, but it's still icing on the cake mm-hmm. at this point. It doesn't have to happen. The one that popped into my head is a Sibian. Mm. I have no interest in doing the Sibian. It's not a fear. And that's a, the mechanical dildo that you ride with the remote controls. The $2,000 mechanical right, dildo. Right, right. That looks like a saddle, you know, with a cock on it. And um, I'm not much of a vibro girl, so just haven't haven't been interested in trying it. I almost thought about it in Utah, but it's not a fear. It's a, I don't think it'll do anything for me, right. so why spend the time? Right. So, you know, so you've got a lot of things to look at. Are you moving too fast? Are you moving too slow? Um is it something you want to do? Is it something you're really interested in? Are you doing it because everybody else is doing it? You know, t- it, this is really an awesome time. And one of the things that I like about this lifestyle is you really get to look in yourself and see what it is that you want to do. And if it if you're scared of doing something and it's based on a fear, take a look at that too because you don't want fear to rule your life either. Mm-hmm. But sometimes fear gives us common sense. Yes. So... <laughs> It's, it's a balance. Part of the one, you know, one of these that I look at is there will be a point in time where it's too late. Right. Uh, whether it's because of situations or simply age. age or because Trump becomes president of the United States and all this becomes banned. Actually, I'm more worried about Cruz banning my sex life. Yeah. Actually, this is not a political podcast. I'm not starting there. <laughs> but I will say, Master Marco, if Trump becomes president, I might be coming to couch surf in the Netherlands. Couch, couch surf. We're going to start our international tour that takes just about four years. Uh, so, Or eight if things go really crazy. Yeah. Look, if it's... If it's if it's eight, we're not coming back. <laughs> you tell Crazy Heart, we're going to join the People of Kink Podcast Network and we're living up in Canada. Um, so there you go. So the point being to that is for people that listen to the podcast that have never done anything, they're thinking about it. As we often say, there comes a point where you got to jump in that pool. Mm-hmm. At least, you know... And feel free to come to Columbus and your pals, Dan and Dawn, will take you to your first munch. We'll take you to your first poly event, to your first play party. Heck, we own, we own a dungeon. We'd right. be happy to, you know, let you in and you can come back and hide in our office. And it's overwhelming. <laughs> got no problem with that. But there becomes a point where you got to, you know, there's, you can only think about, I wonder what it's like to get flogged for, or to flog someone for so long. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's either a sink or swim moment. So, well, there you go. Speaking of things you could do with Dan and Dawn, you could come to the Columbus, Ohio and come to the Power Exchange Summit, the only event of its sort that caters to all styles of power exchange. Unfortunately, you cannot buy a VIP ticket. Those are now sold out. But um, you can come. You can enjoy the other presenters. You can enjoy everything else that's going on. PowerExchangeSummit.com Nice. I like that little promo I slammed in there. I like that. I like that. So I can't wait. Everybody's so excited. We got people from Utah coming mm-hmm. for the event. The people from West Virginia. So we got a lot, a lot. Going it was on. neat to tell our, one of our um, one of the people coming from Utah how great it is that the event. They're like, you know, should I pack a big toy bag? And I said, no, no, this is not a 
toy-based event. Right. This is a relationship-based event. You're going to learn tons. You're going to interact with people, and it's all about focused on how I can have healthy, long-term power exchange relationships. And speaking of healthy relationships, we've actually got um, uh, uh, one of our local residents now doing, um, I forget the title of the class. Power exchange from a psychologist perspective. Yes. So, And it's about when power exchange is a benefit to your relationship and why it would be a benefit and from a psychologist's perspective. So I find that kind of neat. I I would only go to the uh, power exchange from a psychologist's perspective knowing that the psychologist in question is in a power exchange relationship. Exactly, (laughs) and he is. And they've been together for 14 years, I think it is. Mm -hmm. It's 14 going on 15, I think, with a very successful power exchange relationship. And they are, uh, by the way, um, that would be the Kevin and Katie and Mm -hmm. our um, hope and well wishes to them. They are this very weekend. um, In Florida? Competing for the International Power Exchange title. So there you nice, go. Nice, nice. Oh, here's hoping. Crossing fingers. I really hope they get it. So I hope they simply, I hope that it is legit uh, and sane and fair contest. Yeah, and yeah. I hope they do their best, and I hope all the contestants do the best, and I hope the best couple wins. So I hope Kevin and Katie wins, to be honest. couple or more some. They had a triad last year, didn't oh, they? Oh, did they? Yes, they I did, they? they did. So, yeah. yeah well, there yeah. you go. So, our best wishes for Kevin and Katie. So, over the weekend, Don, you and I were at the uh, Unconference. And oh, you got we to try. We did a couple of things over the weekend, but yeah, we started out at the Unconference. And you got to try a brand new uh, toy on your buttocks. I did. Not in, on. On, on. It was not in, it was on. <laughs> So, and I found it pretty neat. So it was a little disconcerting. Disconcerting? No, I'm used to you doing this now. You had yourself blindfolded. Yes. But at least you had the toys in reaching distance. And we tried a new, um, it was a rubber flogger by, who was that by? Uh, oh, that would be the, yes, Agreeable Agony. Yes, Agreeable Agony. And we found this at um, Kiki Chicago, College. Kiki yep. College. So I know I was, I was picturing the, the table that it was on because he had such an assortment. And um, Agreeable Agony had a few items there that we'd never seen before. Which, by the way, that's kind of a big deal. Absolutely. As much as you and I travel around, mm-hmm. we've seen so many stinking vendors at this point. And uh, to see to, to be stopped in our tracks to say, wait a minute, what is this? And to go back again. Mm-hmm. And what is this? Oh, when I hear you say, what is this? It reminds me of the orange story. But that's okay. That's <laughs> a different monk. This? Yes, a different monk. But um, so we tried it out. And it's a, um, he said it's made out of bicycle tire, mm-hmm. um, which you can kind of tell. But that's okay because it's got its own form. It's, it's the form of a flower. And not a big round flower, still kind of flat, it's still uh-huh. flat like a paddle, but it's all like interwoven with the bicycle tire. So um, very much a, a, a flat spanking implement, but I liked it. It gives a neat noise. It's a, it's a whoop when it, when it hits your ass. Uh-huh. So, but, um, but we had just been trying a little bit of caning, which is very stingy to me. And then this was thuddy. So I liked the, the layers of the rubber. So it made it very thuddy on my ass. Awesome. So, so a, sh- or a, a shout out to the people at Agreeable Agony. I believe it was Kiernan that we spoke to out mm-hmm. there, um, and we very much like the the Rose Bicycle Tire Flogger. Uh, we would recommend if you happen to see Agreeable Agony out there on the street, or I bet you, as I stall for a moment to see if they actually have a website. <laughs> I bet they do. Agreeable, Agreeable Agony. Ag- 
agony.com. And of course, they have a. Well, you know what? Oh, you know what, Don? We've totally forgot the, the whole thing that brought us in in the first place. Right. Their logo. It's oh, a, it had the octopus it on it. It had the octopus on it. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I forgot about that till you said that. Yeah. So, and they so again, a lot of neat stuff. AgreeableAgony.com. You can go see their cool toys um, and see something different than many toys that we see other places. Maybe I'll try to bring them into PXS 2017. That would be awesome. That would be awesome and self-serving. Yes, absolutely. But you know what they don't have at Agreeable Agony? What's that? Erotic Wickening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer, glow-in-the-dark, and light-up canes. It's where art and pleasure come together to suit your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than canes. Check out the brand new kjcanes.com for a great selection of hand-poured, low-temp paraffin, and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off of orders of 25 ducks or bucks or more. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check out our Ford correspondent on that one. Uh, 25, 10% off of orders $25 or more with the discount code DND16. KJKanes.com. Nice. I still like my tentacle cane. Oh, we tried something new on Friday night. We did a couple of things. We've been very weekend. busy, apparently. So, well, Friday night at the unconference, which I'm still feeling uh, single tail <laughs> marks from, mm-hmm. but we also tried, um, is it called bastinado? We, we did a little bit of bastinado. We did a little bit of beating on your feet. Yeah. The position of it for it was not good. Uh, and I'll tell you why, you, and you... Our, our home listeners will not be able to visualize this, but I really, I just couldn't get to your, the soles of your feet correctly with the implements that I had. Okay, yeah, because I was kneeling on a kneeling uh, a spanking bench, bench, right? So my feet would have been really low where they were. So probably a massage table or something would work better. I, I think uh, probably um, we'll give that a shot. Actually, yeah. a massage table with your feet hanging off the end would be perfect. Oh, neat, neat, neat. Another problem was because we've not done that kind of play before. Yeah. It was so it was loud and dark in there, and right. it's something that I needed a little better feedback. Right. Uh, since I, we had, I had no clue how you were going to respond to that kind of play. And that's, yeah, because that's one of those things where I'm like, get rid of that card out of the Kickstarter deck. Don't want it, don't want it. I've resisted it for a very long time. And I think it's because my first scene that I ever saw was Bostonado, but it was a punishment Bostonado. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, you know... And then uh, we just happened to try it by accident one day during one of our spanking workshops because someone asked a question and you tried it out. And I'm like, oh, that's not so bad after all. We may have to try this. Right. So, awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. We'll have to mess with it some more. Cool. I will say that over the weekend we were talking about how we've done uh, some stuff. We also went off to the Indiana. Mm-hmm. We drove up there with uh, Karen. Right. And we stayed at the fantastic Muncie, Indiana Marriott yeah, Courtyard, which uh, I'm sure they are not appreciative of getting a promo <laughs> on the Erotic Awakening podcast. But it was really funny. It was it, You and I, as we said, we, we travel to does, at, at least 12 hotels a year. Right. And you suggested it was more than that. I think so. And this one actually stood out. Uh, the rooms were really neat. Yes. It was, I don't want to go too deep into that garbage. The, the fun part is I actually, occasionally I post to the Facebook, and I actually posted the Facebook saying, this is a really nice hotel. I said mm-hmm. a lot of hotels. Well done, Marriott. I this really neat room. Mm-hmm. I Just one thing that I'll throw out there that was neat about this room people might relate to. There was, 
power outlets outlets and little USB charging stations all the fuck over all the over the place beside the beds behind the couch on the lamp just near the coffee pot I mean just right. everywhere we all three of us could plug up all of our computers and all of our phones <laughs> and still have <laughs> and still have and really not like crawling under desks to right. get to these I mean they're very they're like visible ab- above the desk right, right? very nicely done uh, anyway so I posted to Facebook hey nice job Marriott it was just weird. I didn't know that they did this. Marriott responded to me. By, well, we're glad you're enjoying your stay at our hotel. It was like within minutes they responded. I was like, what the fuck? Hey, nice, nice. Big Brother's watching. You know, and how I grade hotels is very weird with their gym. They had a nice gym. All of their equipment worked. Yes. They had matching weights. So <clears throat> two 15-pounders, not one, and one that had left home with somebody. Right. <laughs> so it was awesome. The I point being it. that we did that with Karen in the uh, polyamory thing. And people say to us, how is it that you're able to go traveling with your polyamory partner? Actually, they never say that, but I built that segue in <laughs> so that I could tell people that coming up on the weekend of May 13th and 14th, we have this... It's almost a micro-polyamory convention happening here in mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. On Friday night, it kicks off with you and I presenting our infamous 8-poly tools, a uh, class designed to provide people with tools to deal with jealousy, to deal with intimacy issues, to deal with all kinds of polyamorous personal stuff. Personal growth. All kinds of personal growth mm-hmm. stuff. Not philosophies, but the actual tools you can implement to, around those things. That's on Friday night. Then Saturday, you and Beric yes. are doing the poly, leading a poly speed dating thing. We are. so, And that's going to be amazing. People have asked for this for a while. Everybody's like, well, where do we find people to date? And it's like, well, you really have to meet in person. Online is okay. And sometimes it works. But you really need to beat it. Well, where do I meet people in person? Well, let's do a poly speed dating. So... Yes, we're going to put that together. That's awesome. <laughs> and then that night with the people that you met at Poly Speed Dating, Poly Columbus will be having a poly dance at the Columbus space. Yep. This is our spring dance. So you can come to Columbus, Ohio and have an entire weekend of polyamory goodness uh, from learning to meeting people to just having a good time at the dance. Absolutely. You can find out more about most of that stuff at thecolumbusspace.com under the events section or head over to FetLife. And uh, look for, I don't know, the space. It's sure, probably why the, not? The com- yeah, so, or look for our names. We own the Erotic Awakening FetLife Group. Look for our names, and we should be RSVP just going. But there you go. We I need am. to make sure to do I that am. today. I did that this morning. So there you go. <laughs> I'll have to do that before I go to work. <laughs> so we got that coming up. Um, what else do you, so are we ready to get into our little topic? You have some well, tentacle links I you do. want to talk about. I, I have uh, some tentacle links that I want to talk about. But I also want to mention that we just had subs in service in April mm-hmm. and sold out with that. And everybody had a really great time. And I've got more people that want to teach, more people that want to attend. So keep a lookout because I'm actually thinking of doing it a second time this year in the fall. So um, keep a look at um, the, the FET group is the space. Or the Columbus Space. Columbus Space. Columbus Space. So keep a lookout for it um, on the Columbus Space. and Or just here on the podcast, because I'll be announcing that soon, um, as soon as I get that schedule locked in. So subs in service intensive. And I um, limit it to 20 
people. So, and there'll be five teachers. But anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. Great. Um, tentacle links. So we have <laughs> in Chicago. Sparky was all excited because he had a gift for me. So um, he ended up bringing down the gift, and it's a it's a USB tentacle. So I get to plug it into my computer, and I have a tentacle waving at me all day <laughs> on my laptop. So it's kind of cute. I like it. So and then um, someone sent me a picture. They were yard sailing and I've never um I don't have permission to use this person's name so I didn't use it but um I'd never seen their name before but they were out yard sailing and they found this object that reminded them of an octopus which reminded them of me so they sent me a picture of it so that is a hard to describe object it looks like it's a tentacle watering device is what I, I don't or know what something. it is yeah. I'm not sure but it's neon green and it's really cute and then Voy George on par, Boy George. So, sent me a link called Tentacles Around the House. And there was some on there that I've never seen before. So, it was tentacle carpets and wall decals and shower curtains and chandeliers and a garden item. And we just raked our yard yesterday. <laughs> we might have room for this octopus cement garden thingy. Thingy above. Yes. Yep, yep. So, that was kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... The Reverend, oh, the Danny Smite. <laughs> also, Twitter, Twitter. Did he twit about he us? Tweeted. He tweeted. Is yes. that what it's called? So, and you know more about that one. So it was just very nice to see that somebody had asked um, about you know support around power exchange and master slave types, and uh, the Danny Smite on Twitter mentioned our podcast and mentioned us as a uh, resource for master slave types. So we want to just mention, hey, thank you uh, for. Doing that, Danny Smite, uh, we hope to see you at the Power Exchange Summit at some point. That would be awesome. He, he actually... Uh, do, you picture, do you picture people that twit about us? Sometimes. Do you think you'll be surprised to find that the Danny Smite has, looks nothing like we expect? Really? Oh. I don't know. We have no clue, right? No I clue. picture what I picture him to be six foot tall, dark, wearing leather, sitting at his computer. Oh, that's kind of neat. I could see that, but he has to wear a fedora. Because I picked him in a fedora. <laughs> well, there you go. Send us a picture of that, and then we'll have it. Leather and a fedora. <laughs> Do want to mention really quickly before we get into the versatile BDSM history, and this one's actually going a little long, the uh, Kinko de Mayo is coming up. You and I haven't had the chance to present at Kinko de Mayo lately. In years. Um, we usually have a Canada event yes. that we would go up to. And this time uh, we said, fuck Heart. you, Canada. We did not. <laughs> crazy Heart said, fuck you. No, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> Hi, Crazy Heart. <laughs> I think Crazy Heart has said fuck you, but I don't think it was in the <laughs> negative connotation way. Um, but in the May 6th, we will be at the Kinko de Mayo, and we actually have some uh, audio here telling you more about Kinko de Mayo and why you should go. And if it's newbie friendly, we will plug that in. Uh, it is newbie friendly because we've actually had a podcast listener come to the U.S. Absolutely. on business and had never been to an event before. And we said if anybody needed someone to go with them, we'd go with them. And he showed up to Kinko de Mayo and we gave him the tour. That was fun. That was fun. It was neat to see somebody come. Uh, Italy, I think. I think, he was, I think he was from an Italian Italy, fellow. Yeah. He could have been our, new for, or our old foreign, foreign correspondent. language correspondent. Uh, well, there you go. So, Kinko de Mayo is indeed coming up, and we have some audio I'm going to plug in there about that, and you'll find all about that somewhere in this episode. I don't know where I'm going to plug that in yet. Other than that, 
Don name. Oh, well, so speaking of, and we won't tell you why, oh, podcast listeners, because you don't want to know. But for some reason tonight, part of our polyamory requires that we stay home and play board games. Oh, yes. And we'll be doing that again in a few weeks. We'll be doing that again in a few weeks, yes. You don't want to know why. (laughs) Don, name three of the board games that we'd like to play. Ascension, Stone Age, and Legend? Legendary. Uh, Marvel's Legendary. Marvel's Legendary, yes. I will name three of the new games that we like to play. Okay. Uh, I'm quite taken in by Boss Monster Mm -hmm. and Red Dragon Inn. Okay. Those are the ones that I've played most recently that I think are fun. The only problem with Red Dragon Inn... Oh, no, no. You're not limited to four people. We only have four decks to go with it right right, now. Right, right. But we can still buy the expansions. And we were going to try Pandemic over the weekend and just didn't get around to board game playing. Oh, we went to a wedding over the weekend in Indiana with two of our staff members. And we were going to um, actually play a board game while we were in the hotel. And instead, we watched... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We did. We took some downtime. So Mass Lama was asking some of the board games we like to play. There's some of them. but Some of them. Dominion. I'd like to get back to Dominion, too. But none of those are recommendations because we need to know who you are a little bit first. Right. If you want to get into board games, go grab Carcassonne to start with. That is the gateway. The gateway game. And it's just tiles on a table, and it's very easy to play. So. But, uh, yeah, I even had Big D play Carcassonne, so he likes that. And and not Stone Age. What's the other one? Settlers uh, of Catan. I think that at this point we should go ahead and wrap this puppy up. Okay, Although it's we a need long to, um, I guess at some point we should talk about our own little personal history with the BDSM. Oh, yeah, we were going to touch on that. We don't have time to do that this morning. So we are going to, uh, we'll keep that as a future topic about our own personal history. But here is the executive producer of the Leather Archives and Museum, haha, Rick, I said it right, talking Mm -hmm. about why it's even important. It's not, right? It's not. (laughs) Executive director. Director. (laughs) About why you should care about your personal history. Something history. Here we are still at the Kiki College, and uh, we are, have the opportunity to sit down with Rick, who happens to be the executive director director of LA&M. And you had said something to me that was kind of interesting, and I wanted to talk more about this and to hear about it, to have our listeners hear about it. Um, you had mentioned that you thought it might be important for listeners, for individuals, to collect their own history. Now, we know because you are the uh, executive producer of the director. L&M director. Did I do it again? Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Hey, Rick, how's it going? That's, that's good. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that you like the, a, the history of leather in general and sex in general, but you said about individuals keeping their own history. Why is that important? Well, let me start, let me answer that question by starting to say that the Leather Archives is a grassroots museum and archives. It is run by and uh, oversee, oversaw by um, leather and kinky practitioners. Um, and so the museum has always cared very much about uh, both famous leather people, the famous artists and people who have written books and people who are celebrity presenters. You know, we care about their stories, but we also care very much about individuals' uh, stories. So somebody that, uh, you know, lives in a small town and maybe they go to one event per year. And but other than that, you know, they just they do stuff on FetLife. Those stories are important to us, but they're also important to the researchers who use Mm. our collection. 
uh, we have a lot of researchers that come in and say, hey, I want to study what kink life is like in the middle of the cornfields of Iowa. And how do those people engage in, how do they find people? Um, how do they learn when they don't have, you know, 15 munches to pick from every weekend? And so for that reason, we think it's very important for everybody, regardless of celebrity or famous or well-known or how many events you go to, everybody saves their story. Nice. I really like that idea because at first I'm thinking, well, that's what those fireside chats were at GLLA and some of the other things that we've gone to. I know they've had the fireside chats and I'm thinking I saw Master Z of Dallas and, you know, maybe Mark Frazier and, you know, a couple of other names. Um, uh, shoot, now I can picture faces and can't pull names out of, out of the air. But so I know you record a lot of their stories. I know I'm interested in recording, you know, some of the women's stories if I ever find time to do that. But, um, yeah, the individuals, that makes sense. So while how do people do it in the middle of Iowa or whatever? How do they pull that in? I, okay, sorry, just reflecting. So, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This so is what's like that look like research. to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, would, like, say if Don and I wanted to chronicle our own history, what would you, what would, what kind of, what would you expect to see out of that? What would you, what would we shoot for? Well, I'll take a moment to point to our website where we've got a, a really great brochure. So we take it out in paper to events, but it's also on our website that talks about what kinds of things people save and how to record your history oh. and how to document what you have. But certainly saving things that are important to you, um, communication, emails, letters, uh, saving things like that. Uh, is important, uh, photographs, things that document or provide evidence of the way that you communicate around sex or the way that you practice sex. And uh, oral history is another way that some people do that, just okay. taking the time to talk to each other. Uh, if, if listeners are familiar with StoryCorps, you know, that's yeah, kind of sure. a, where people just, everyday people show up in a booth and just talk to each other about their history. Um, so that's, that's another way to uh, save history. So what I just got out of the words that he just said was more photos and oral. So we're good. Hey, oral. <laughs> Let's talk about oral. But that, yeah, but that's one of the, so maybe that's one of the, mm, is disservice the right word, about kink events where we're not allowed to have cameras. A lot of this stuff is not being documented on that level. Leather, sure, you know, you, you kind of know if you win a title, you're going to be up there and in pictures and, sure. and stuff like that. So where the kink events were very much about privacy, so not a lot of documentation on that level. So, um yeah, the photo. So, but sir, this this means my I have to keep my Yahoo Mail. Why? Because emails get documented. Emails are documentation. I have just ask Hillary Clinton. Hey <laughs> I have fifteen years of documentation in Yahoo of all the events and presentations and stuff that we've done. So yeah, it kind of makes me interested in how to do that documentation. When you talk about now. Are you interested from a museum perspective in people that have never gone to an event in their life that just day-to-day -day kink in, the, in their, they, for whatever reason, maybe they pick up a copy of Fifty Shades or whatever, and they develop their own little power exchange or their own little kinky bedroom thing. That kind of history, or is it more the how I interact with events and how I interact with the, the larger community? Uh, it's, it's, it's both. The, uh, the collection policy for the Leather Archives um, uh, I think very uh, intelligently was written to be very general and to really let the community decide what is historical and what 
people are going to care about 50 years from now. Uh, and so uh, sometimes the relationships might be a little hard to document, you know, the dynamics that people mm -hmm. set up. But in any way that you can document it, either through letters or emails or texts that you write back and forth or uh, FetLife posts that you make, you may decide to, you know, you've written a brilliant face, uh, FetLife pro post or Facebook post and you want to document that or oral okay. history. So, yeah, Very cool. nice. we, we take it all as long as it has to do with leather, kink, fetish or BDSM. I can see how you would be growing out of your space in yes. <laughs> just yes. a few years. Yes. Very cool. Well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Can I go in there as a as average Joe and just go in there and say, hey, Rick, I'm curious about uh, kink in Hawaii. Is, and you can point me to, oh, here's here's some stuff you can look at as yep. a reason. And I can just, even though I am not an official researcher, I can just go, as a curious person, I can start checking shit out. A absolutely. Uh, oh, nice. uh, you know, I'm going to speak on behalf of Jacob Van Lameren, who's our archivist and collections librarian. His passion is access to oh. even archival collections. Uh, there are a few archival collections that are time-restricted, so nobody gets to see them for 25 or 50 years, usually yeah. because there's people's names or, like, a membership roster from a club that might have, you know, names and addresses and all that on it. Um, but, yeah, the archives at the Leather Archives and Museum and our library is very open and accessible, and we have staff and volunteers that will help people who contact us either coming in to see the museum or doing it electronically online, um, provide access to the to our collections. Very wow, cool. I like that. Well, if we ever have a spare weekend, we know how we can spend it. <laughs> nice. Yes. Thank you very much, Rick. My pleasure, thank you. So I've been doing this BDSM stuff for about 15 years now, but there's a group out there that's been around longer than me by, by about five years. And they're about to have an event. And we've got Wonder Cunt on the podcast today who's going to tell us about it. How are you doing, Wonder Cunt? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. And you've been on the podcast before, and you've fallen into the trap of coming back. Whoops. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so um, Dawn and I are going to be presenting at an event. And if I've been correct, it is its, am I correct that it's the 20th anniversary? It is the 20th anniversary of our organization. That's what this event will be celebrating this year. Oh, fantastic. Well, tell me about the event. That's, uh, what do you guys, now you guys used to, we used to call it Kinko de Mayo, but no more. Right. And so right now we're, we're formally Kinko de Mayo. We're KDM now with less cultural appropriation. <laughs> um, and we're just sort of, we wanted to sort of work on really making the event a celebration of our own, um, our own culture and our own organization. And so that's sort of why we moved away in part, why we moved away from the, the prior concept. Um, and it seemed fitting because you know, Smart is turning 20. We just turned 20 um, at the end of 2015. Uh, so we thought it would be a really great way to bring people together from our community and celebrate an organization that's been around a long time. So uh, if you don't know about Ohio Smart, we are obviously um, really focused on education and that's a lot of what we're doing. We have um, a pretty exciting lineup of people teaching classes this year. Um, some people who have been with us before, like you and Dawn, um, people like Boss Bondage, who have been around uh, 
the area a few times and they also make it down to some events down in Columbus. And, um, and then people who are newer for us uh, that we've wanted to have uh, in this area up in Cleveland, like Stefano Sanche, who are finally able to make it to join us. And we've got, you know, we've got Sir Guy, we've got a lot of great people. And every time I turn around, I just realize that we have probably the most outstanding lineup that I've ever seen for classes. Fantastic. And and I've uh, had the opportunity to present with Stefanos and Shea before. They're a lot of fun. Sir Guy and Boss Bondage as well. As a, so certainly a group of people that have uh, got their presenting chops down. Absolutely. So, so what makes this event uh, different from the other 50 events that are going around uh, going on around the nation? Well, I, I think one really awesome thing that we have made it a point to do, in addition to obviously having um, tons of great educational classes from our presenters, um, and obviously we have, um, we have play parties in the evening, which I think most of us expect. Also, Dan, I think that our auctions might give your event auctions a run for their money every year. <laughs> We've had that uh, conversation, yes. We have. We have gone dollar to dollar here about uh, how much we raise. And um, so we're, you know, we're always excited about that. But one really great thing that we really pushed hard for, and that's part of our um, our other board members and, and event members, um, we have a ton of extra social and like learning opportunities throughout the weekend that are a little more informal. Um, and this year we have things like, like a cigar boots and chocolate social. We have kinky speed dating, which we're going to have on Friday night. Um, so that people can get to know each other over the course of the weekend. And, you know, for the event, uh, we're going to have um, a queer meet and greet over the weekend. Um, we're going to have a, a leather, a, a round table discussion about um, the history of uh, the leather community, but also specifically involving the history of people of color in the leather community, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then, uh, we're bringing back our human buffet, which last year, and again, this year, fe uh, features Jalen Honey, who people who are, you know, on FetLife sometimes see her, uh, her journal posts and things like that. But we're also doing a Cards Against Humanity social event this year and a meetup for kinky cosplayers and Kigurumi fans. So we're sort of all over the wow. place all kinds of extra stuff that you get to do in addition to just coming to a great event. And I can't even tell you, we have, we just confirmed some, uh, some, some extra vendors this year. So we've just got, I mean, it's going to be a nonstop action kind of event. Fantastic. What, what uh, would you recommend to somebody who's brand new to things? This is a good event for newcomers. Yeah, you know, I know that it can be sometimes kind of overwhelming, but the nice thing about the size of our event is that we really cap it around a little over 200, somewhere between 200 and 250 people. So whereas you might go to say an event, you know, in some other places, and there might be six or seven or 800 people at this event, um, you actually do really have a chance to connect to people in smaller groups. And there's a lot of just downtime, hanging out, socializing, you know, just people, people around and, and, and relaxing in between classes. So even if you're not um, well-versed in going to a lot of events, this is a great stepping stone to some of those really big events. Very cool. Very cool. How do I find out more and register and get all ready to go? Right. So if you, um, 
aren't on FetLife, then obviously we have some other things available. Like we have our website, which is kdmcleveland.com. And from there, there are links to register to our event. And obviously, if you are a part of uh, the FetLife community online, we have uh, a FetLife group that's specifically for KDM 2016. And you can always get updates um, through the Ohio Smart Group on FetLife as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to attending and presenting. It's been a little while since I've had the opportunity to come up there. And uh, I tell you, uh, Ohio Smart has always been very generous and kind to Dawn and I throughout our presenting career. And um, it's always been a great pleasure to come up there and help you guys out. And we're looking forward to it. And I hope other people will take advantage of this opportunity as well. We're so thrilled that you're going to be with us again. Well, thank you very much, Wondercunt, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to say Wondercunt. I just love, that's a fun name to say. I'm so happy that makes you happy. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. Absolutely. Music on the Erotic Awakening podcast is provided by Pocket Universe. You're listening to a song called Whim. Go support Pocket Universe right now at pocketuniversemusic.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.